What's going on, everybody? It's Jeremy Hall here, and you guys are now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer podcast. What is going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento, the Sactown FC podcast, an official partner with the California Storm and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined by my co-host, John. How's it going, John? Oh, good, man. It's uh, The weather's been a little different. It's gone from 80 degrees to 60, high 60s here in uh, Sacramento, but for the most part, it's uh, it's been nice. It's um, you know it was raining earlier, but my kids got out for a bike ride, so that kind of warm out a little bit, and we just keep on moving on, man. Yourself? Uh, yeah, do, doing good. I can't complain. The weather actually has been pretty nice over here. Uh, it actually hasn't rained, but I think we are expecting rain in probably like three or four days from now. But right now, I can't complain. Everything is going good. Awesome. Well, today we are joined by an NCAA and Canadian national champion who made 78 appearances for the Republic and has made seven international appearances for Puerto Rico. Joining us via the Makuni Dreamline, we welcome Jeremy Hall to the podcast. Jeremy, how are things going for you during this time and what have you been up to? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is awesome. I'm doing well. I'm out in here in Toronto and I'm actually praying for I wouldn't say rain, but cold or warmer weather. It's cold out here, uh, but I'm doing well. We're making most uh, do of the situation, but family, friends are all safe and healthy. So that's all we can ask for right now. That's great. And you're working for, you're doing the youth programs for Toronto FC. How's that? Uh, how's that been for you? It's been awesome. So I got a, I got a U10 team over here in the pre-academy Toronto FC. This coaching life. I didn't realize how much of a grind it was coming from the player side. Uh <laughs> As a player, you know, you get up, you train, uh, you get your weights in, um, you're home by two o'clock at the latest, you know what I mean? And that's on a long day. Now it's, it's long days, but it's awesome. I'm learning so much uh, to be able to give back and, and teach and, and be able to push these guys to, to reach in their dreams is, has been a lot of fun. So I'm blessed. So Jeremy, let, let's start with the question that, you know, we really like to start off interviews with. How did you fall in love with the game of soccer? Oh, it's a good question, man. My story uh, getting into soccer is, is very different. So I was a big baseball fan growing up in Tampa. And um, I think I was eight years old. My mom wanted to get my younger brother and I into sports, keep us active after school. We were doing well. Um, so I was like, yo, I'm playing baseball. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to be the next like Sammy Sosa, Ken Griffey. Um, so we went there to go sign up and everything was full. So um, they were like, you have to wait till next year. And my younger brother, Nick, was like, well, let's play soccer, man. I wanna, I'll, I'll just play soccer. And I was crying, like, I'm not playing soccer, you know. Um, I got convinced into playing it. And that first year, U8 uh, rec, rec soccer was, was it for me. After that, I, was just, I just had fun running around, um, playing with my friends. And um, I ended up moving to a team that I played with from every time I go home, I still play pickup with them now. So um, that was my pathway into it. That's crazy uh, that, you know, most people say, oh, they fell in love with baseball because of football being being cut off. But your first love was baseball and you end up to essentially making a nice career for uh, soccer. So that's cool. You were part of the IMG Academy uh, before you took off to uh, Maryland. What was it like uh, playing in that academy? It was amazing. So uh, we resided on, on the academy, but we were part of the U17 youth national team. Uh, so for me, 
um, at that point I was 14 getting down there and being with quote unquote, the best 40 guys in the country was, it was eye opening. You know, you go from your club team being the best player to uh, a team where there's 39 other amazing players from around uh, the country. Right. So uh, that experience was incredible for me being able to travel the world, play against other teams internationally, um, ending it with, with playing in the, the U 17 world cup in Peru in 2005. So uh, that experience was um, very, very unique, but uh, one that I, I, I love being a part of. So moving on to the next team that you were a part of, uh, you, know, you played in 2008 with the Maryland squad that also won a national championship. Uh, what was it like for you to play on such a stacked squad like that and also you know, to win a championship? Yeah, it was amazing. It was stacked. It's, it's crazy. So my recruiting process, just stepping a foot on campus, I knew I wanted to go there. Uh, the campus is amazing. Uh, the coaching staff, Sasha, is still there. Um, the assistant coaches, Rob Vartugans with New York City FC as an assistant. Um, and then Russell Payne is at, the head coach at Army now. So just three really good coaches. Uh, Love the game, obsessed with the game. Um, but, yeah, just being there, man, it was, it was a bunch of guys who just loved playing, guys who wanted to be pro, um, playing in the ACC, bunch of competitive teams so my time on 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 campus at college park was amazing you know and then capping that off with the the championship in 2008 uh with a bunch of guys who were still doing well in the league world cups all these guys um those college years really are some of the best years of your life so i value those i was looking back at that draft and there were three of you in the first 11 picks that went it was you uh mm-hmm. gonzalez and i can't remember the other uh forwards. yeah i mean that's that's pretty good most colleges don't get three in the first 11 let alone three at all so for that team to have be represented so well in the draft of 2009 is pretty crazy but you were selected at uh, 11 by the red bulls what was that feeling like and was that kind of uh expected yeah, it was cool. So we actually had uh, AJ De La Garza and Graham Zuzzi were drafted, I think, 19 and 20-something, which if you look at how their careers ended now, they probably would have been easy top 10, maybe top five picks. Um, you know what? Like, it was actually a crazy experience. So we were down in Florida for the combine. So you're there for like three, four days. They put you on teams. All the coaches are there scouting and everything. Um, and at that time, our draft was in St. Louis. So from Fort Lauderdale, we all got on a plane and we all flew to St. Louis. But it was cool because it was just like um, all the guys that were invited to the draft. It was a lot of the MLS coaches from, from various different teams. So I was sitting in the back of the plane next to Kevin Austin. And we went to high school together. He's playing at um, Orange County now. And um, I remember Juan Carlos Cesario, who was the coach of the Rebels at the time, was sitting in the back. And I kind of like looked back there and he kind of pointed me over there and we were just kind of just talking, just talking soccer, talking life, just such a unbelievable, uh, really cool guy, very smart, uh, in love with the game. And so just a cool little experience on a flight. And then come draft day, I was just sitting there waiting for my name to be called. And that 11th pick came. I didn't, you don't really know where you're going. Um, that 11th pick came and I remember looking over and he kind of just pointed at me like, we're picking you. And then that's when it hit me like, wow, like, this is, this is really crazy. And um, getting to walk across the stage and, and shake the commissioner's hand was um, one of those memories that I'll never forget. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, we, we interviewed a, a player who, who's from Mexico. His name is Diego Jimenez. And he, used to, he played for Red Bulls for one year or two. And he, he just had you know, nothing but 
amazing things to say about uh, Osorio as, as a head coach as well. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Great guy. And um, that year he ended up um, getting fired because we, we weren't that well, but just somebody who on the field just lived and breathed it off the field. Genuine guy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, your MLS career went on from uh, 09 to 2015 and you made over a hundred appearances with, you know, a couple of different clubs. What stop would you say that you enjoyed the most during that period? And which one would you say that, you know, you wish you could have gone back and possibly do more? I get this question asked a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough one for me because um, I, I was blessed to play in amazing cities. So I was in New York for two years. Incredible, right? New York. Um, going out to Portland for about eight, nine months was amazing. Dallas is a cool city as well. Toronto, New England, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's so hard to choose just one. Um, I really loved my time out in Portland. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, expansion team. Um, but it really hit me our first game, first home game. Forgot who we were playing. I want to say we were playing maybe Chicago Fire. And it was pouring. It rains all day in Portland. It rains nonstop. <laughs> and it's raining all day. I, we, we get to the stadium an hour and a half before the game. And there was a lines and lines and lines for people uh, to get into the stadium in the rain. And I was like, wow, these people really do love it. And by the time we got onto the field for warm-ups, they were singing. And, like, I just got goosebumps hearing the national anthem. It was unbelievable place. And it's still like that to this day, right? Um, it's, it really is a soccer city. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's a tough one for me to choose. You're going to put me on the spot. That'd be tough. But I've, I've had um, – Amazing experiences in all of them. Uh, I've met some awesome friends that I still talk to in each city, so uh, I can't do that. Well, here, tell, tell us what it was like then. Give us some idea of the supporters then in Portland. I mean, you hear stories <laughs> about them, and, and you kind of alluded to it, that how it gave you goosebumps. But what separates Portland supporters from any other stop that you potentially have had then? I think just soccer being around so long in Portland from the old NASL days, um, even before they, they became uh, an MLS team, it was like SAC now. They were drawing big crowds like this, you know, and, that, and that's why I feel like SAC is going to be another place like that. But uh, from my time out in Portland, and um, I remember a couple stories. Um, we, were at a, we were in preseason. We came back to, to Portland. We were, we were in um, L.A., I believe. And um, I was at a bar with a couple of my buddies from the team, just uh, one of those nights out. And a guy just came up to me and was just like, oh, you're Jeremy Hall. And I'm like, what? Like, season hasn't even started. We just started preseason. Tattoo of the emblem on their bodies. And they're just like, we just can't wait for this to start. Um, and then just rain, uh, sun, shine, snow, whatever it is, it's packed stadium, uh, jerseys in the streets. Um, it's just a real love for the, for the team and the community. So in 2016, you were loaned out to Sacramento from Tampa Bay. Uh, was it kind of a blessing in disguise to move from Tampa Bay to Sacramento in, in a way? Yeah, big. It was a, it was a big for me. Going, going to Tampa, I thought it was going to be um, totally different. Excuse me, totally different from the experience that I got. So I went from New England uh, down into Tampa and ended up signing a contract. And I was excited about it playing in front of my friends, uh, my family all there. I was looking forward to it. And at that time, the coach didn't play me for a second. And uh, I remember after the first game uh, not playing, and I, I went into his office and I was like, look, why am I not playing? And 
my situation didn't change there. So I was a bit unhappy. Um, me and the coach uh, really didn't like each other, I would say. And so I went into the, into the GM's office and I was like, look, like I didn't come here to, to not play. Uh, I'm valuable. Um, we need to make arrangements where I can go somewhere and I can help a team because I have that ability about myself. Um, and so he told me that Sacramento was a possibility. And I had followed Sacramento a bit because I played with Roro in Portland. I played with Justin Braun before, um, some of the other guys who, who have been through the team. So I, I've seen a little bit about it. And when that came about, I was like, on board with, that. I was like, let's do this. And that would be a great opportunity. And, um, I loved every second of my time out there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome too. I mean, it, it is a shame, you know, that being in your hometown, it didn't work out there because I mean, I feel like it, you always get a different feeling, you know, when you get to play in your hometown, but you know, it's good for us because, you know, we, we got an amazing player to, to come over to Sacramento. So what would you say was uh, one of your favorite memories while with the Republic? Oh, favorite memories. There's too many. Um, I remember my first time on the field um, and just how the fans embraced the team um, on the field and then just being able to sign autographs after. And it was every game. It was win, it was lose or tie. Like, and there was still that same um, – affection and love there was no there was no hatred um it was just all love for the team and then being in the community and, and seeing um everybody in shirts and hats and it was just it's amazing there that's why i get excited i i, I was i was a little upset that I, I i couldn't be there for you know the team going mls but watching from afar um every time i get to talk about sack i just know it's going to be one of the best places to play so um I couldn't say that there's one memory in particular because I just loved my time being out there and I still get to talk to some of the guys on the team that I'm so cool with um, and some friends outside of soccer from there. So I love that. Well, so one of the questions then that I want to ask is as part of that Portland expansion, I want to say expansion, they, it was just, they moved um, into MLS, but yep. being part of a, of, of a culture that had, moved and in their first year in MLS what do you think the impact of Sacramento moving to the MLS will be on the team and in the league oh it's going to be huge I think one you're going like so like Portland Sacramento's already established right and the team's there uh the fan base is there I think them going to MLS and building this world-class stadium training facility is just gonna add to that so I think as a soccer player, when you go into those types of environments, you're excited. Like you got California on top of that. There's just so much to do um, outside as well. But as a soccer player to go into those type of environments where every game means something, you're in a, in a place where, um, yeah, you're rock stars there. It's, a, it's such a great feeling. I remember when I was there, we went to the Kings. Um, we went to one of the Kings games and us stepping on the court. It was so loud. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is amazing. So it's going to be fun times for whoever gets to put those jerseys on at that time. Yeah. We're, we're definitely looking forward to that and, and to hear, you know, how loud we can, can be when, when we're out there. So what are your thoughts on the recent proposals from the USL and the MLS, you know, and their efforts to play this season? Yeah, it's a tough one. So I haven't I haven't seen uh, the USL or the MLS one in detail. I know some of the guys are getting back into small trainings and, and stuff, but um, 
it's a real tough one because I feel like it's it, it should come down to a personal decision, right? I feel like no no team should be like you have to come back and play because um, this COVID is still a real thing. People are still catching this. People are still uh, dying from it, which is uh, terrible. So, as a player perspective, uh, it's it, it's a tough one. I think it should be a player decision. Um, as a fan, I miss sports. I miss watching these guys on TV playing at a, at a high level. Um, I think if, if I'm a player and, and, and it's my, my decision, I, I feel like going out there and putting this on for the fans at such a hard time would, would be uh, impactful. So um, I can't comment too much on it because I don't know the actual details, but I know from me as, a, as being a fan, I, I would love to see these guys back out there doing what they love. Yeah, I, the selfish part of me is like, no, you need to play. Right. But then the the coach part and like the teacher part of me is like, you know, I it has to be choice. Like you have to make that that decision and do what's because in the end, it's your health, it's your long term. Um, you know, it's it affects you the long term. So you have to you have to make make the most of that situation. And if you want to play, you know, I support that. If you don't want to play, I support that. But selfishly as as a podcaster and a and a and a fan like you got to get back out there but at what what is the risk right we don't even know what the long-term issues could be from something like this exactly uh, and you look at i look in italy and uh Dabala had had tested positive six weeks in a row or something like that so what's the long-term effect right and for juventus so i, I don't know i i want players to be safe but I hope I hope it comes down to where we can find a cure or something that will will keep everybody safe at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Even just thinking about it physically as well, like um, where are all these games going to be played? You know, how many games a week are they going to be played? Because I've heard some of the rumors in MLS they might go to different locations, maybe and and maybe play a bunch of games, kind of like a round robin. But you think about playing that many games to to fit in so many games in a season, right? And to play you know, um, a midweek game on top of games on the weekend is, it's a, it's a grind on your bodies. Right. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Think about, how that goes. think about when we were kids, right. We played five, six games a weekend, right. In tournaments and <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you get older. It's like, Oh, I gotta play one and I'm sore right? for sore for four or five days. <laughs> exactly. We don't have it like that anymore. So, exactly. all right, well, we're going to get into some, uh, pretty much the, the fun part of the, of the segments. Now we've, we've asked all the t- hard hitting, journalistic questions but now we got got to have some fun so uh jeremy we're gonna play it's called rapid fire we're gonna ask 10 questions of you um you won't know what's coming until you answer or pass on the okay. next one so there's a couple of questions in here that are gonna they're, it's gonna test your your alliances here a bit okay so rapid fire is brought to you by new glory beer check them out at newglorybeer.com for all their new specials like the three west friends package or family dinner specials. You can also follow them on social media at New Glory Brewery. So, rapid fire, first question. Here we go. Let's go. Kiss the crest, Reno, or a college rival, say Virginia? I'd probably say Virginia. <laughs> Can't kiss Reno. Come on. If, if our other co-host here was here with us, Danny, he would be super happy. He's super anti-Reno, so. Yeah. Be he'll be happy <laughs> uh, what's your most embarrassing soccer memory my most embarrassing was 
probably when I was here in Toronto. I forget what year it was. It might have been 2012. I think it was 2012, actually. Playing against DC United at home. Um, I think I was playing right back this game. I get into the box, made, made a four run, get into the box. The ball comes to me. I cut this defender, and it's literally me and the goalie. And I literally shanked this ball for a throw-in, and I couldn't believe it. I was pr- – I, yeah, pretty embarrassing. There's probably a video on that somewhere. Oh, for, well. For a throw-in? It was bad. It was bad. I don't was know what windy? happened. I'm going to blame it on it was windy, I think. I remember. Yeah, it was windy. <laughs> bad. Who was the one player that was given so much hype and then you played against them and it was like, what was all this hype about? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, the, competitive, the competitive side of me would say everybody I played against. You know, like, because when, when you go through um, – when you go through like the, the uh, against a team during the week and they're like, oh, you got to watch out for so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, the competitive side of me was like, man, these guys aren't that good, you know? So I'd probably say in college there was a couple guys like Charlie Davies was really good. Um, I remember preparing for him. Uh, there was a couple guys who didn't have like these greatest professionals uh, careers, but like in college they were really good players. Um, Corbin Bone was one. Marcus Tracy was one at Wake Forest. Um, Mike Grella, who played for Duke. Uh, those guys were really good. So what teammate should never be allowed an ox court? <laughs> Man, that's a good question. I got I to gotta really think about this. Um, I'm trying to think of who was, who was there in my sack days. To be honest, I can't think of anybody because uh, I feel like Shaz had it a lot, or Kevin Aliman when I was there. Those guys, they didn't let, they didn't give it to anybody, so I can't really remember. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, five best teammates you've ever had? Um, I would say in SAC, um, Shannon Gomez and Kevin, those were my guys there. When I was in Toronto, I played with a guy named Andrew Wiedemann. We were uh, super, super close as well. During my college days, um omar gonzalez and rodney wallace is that two that's five i'll say probably those five that came along yeah in your opinion uh what usl city has the worst atmosphere for fans i won't i won't say the uh the mls usl teams because (laughs) they're irrelevant in that um the worst atmosphere for usl maybe like tulsa i was gonna say I, we've heard Tulsa and we've also heard uh, Orange County. Oh, yeah, Orange County. Because that Orange could be County a winner. Fans. Nobody. That's actually true. I'd probably say Orange County, yeah. What was more special, winning the national championship or the Natty or a Canadian championship? I just got that question actually recently. I'd probably say um, the national championship. I feel like those college days are. It's like a brotherhood, right? Like you're going to class together, practice. You're rooming with these guys 24-7. And my first two years, we fell short. And I just remember the grind of trying to come back. And, and finally getting that um, was amazing, especially with some of the teams that we beat. And then that season, the run we went on was, um, was amazing. And then um, when I talk about the Canadian Championship, obviously it's, it's good to win these trophies. But at Toronto, you're expected to win that, right? And I feel like they've, we've – and Toronto have won it so many times that 
they obviously doesn't get boring, but um, you're just expected, right? So I'd probably go with my college one. What club or clubs outside of the U.S. do you support? Um, I'm a big Barcelona fan. Just I love the way they play. Obviously, Messi, for me, is the best. Um, I just love watching those guys. Xavi and Iniesta, especially that generation, was fun. Um, I like watching a lot of teams in the, in the EPL. I wouldn't say I have a team. I'd, I'd probably say Barcelona out of all of it. But I'm a, just a big soccer junkie. So I just love watching the, the competition and just seeing these guys at such a high level perform. Do you have a crazy game day routine that you would go through? Um, I wouldn't say it's crazy, but uh, when I was playing, I would clean my apartment the day of the game at home. So I would do laundry. I would vacuum my my apartment up or sweep it up nice and real clean. Um, just something that just didn't keep me laying in bed all day um, and just keeping me active while listening to some music. If you could start a team with four players from any era, from anywhere in the world, past or present, who are you signing? I would choose Messi for sure. He's the man. Uh, I've been watching. Uh, I've seen some highlights of uh, the original Ronaldo, the real one. Unbelievable guy. Such a stud. Um, just so powerful and just, just the way he played. I just I, I love that. Uh, Zidane, I love Zidane. Um, just a master out there. And I would say the fourth would be I'll pick somebody I chose. I played with Thierry Henry, that was pretty cool, and just such a special player. So I'd, I'd choose those four. It's crazy. We've gone almost 50 episodes asking this question, and we've uh, the one player who I've always thought I'd hear out of every midfielder, I've never heard. And that's Edgar Ovids. Stud. I've never heard anybody. That was my. That was my guy. That was my guy growing up, and I've Most, never heard. Anybody. Yeah, him and those dreads and those those glasses, man. Had glaucoma. Remember, it was like he had yeah. that. The, he had the special droplets, and so he had to yep. wear. The, I tried to get away with wearing those glasses, but <laughs> so I wear. I'd wear them during practice, and I remember. I remember my coach would yell at me. He's like, "Take those damn things off!" I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> I had the orange. Uh, I had the orange. Uh, Boots like he had the Nike, the black with the orange uh, spray on them. Oh, yep. So many good players. So many good players. So this is our last call segment. Uh, two more questions for you, Jeremy. We'll, we'll let you let you get back to, to doing what, what happens in Toronto, which is probably shoveling snow right now, but we'll see. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, the first question for last call, what does community mean to you? Um, that's big, man. I'm, I'm a big family person, but I think community falls within that as well. Um, so for SAC, talking about SAC, um, I love being out in the community. I love, I love how big of, um, soccer environment was there, especially on game days, seeing all the, the logos of all the teams up in the stadium, seeing all the kids in, in, um, in the stadium, walking the kids out, um, having that appreciation for, for people who appreciate what you do for them. Um, so community, community is big and um, yeah, it's like family. So Jeremy, how can people stay up to date with you with what you have going on? Um, I mean, I guess I have a, a Twitter and an Instagram, but I'm, I don't really, <laughs> my social media game needs some help. Uh, I'm not, I'm not too active on it, but um, man, yeah, I would say just, 
hit me up on Instagram. I love I love connecting with 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 people, um, especially good people. So I'm open, man. I, I love, especially now, like now that I'm into this coaching and and this coaching side of the game. I love helping people out. Um, I love being a support. I love talking about my experiences. So yeah. Well, J- well, John could probably help out with Twitter because he's he knows a lot about that platform. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned, man. I've, I've taught myself since January how to do it. I'm, I love Twitter. It's fun. It's fun. It's but it's addicting, man. You get, you get stuck on it for, you go down the rabbit hole and you're exactly. seeing comments and you're like, got trolls. And what do you do with the trolls? It's like, ah, got to stay you, away from them. You need those guys. Ah, they're like, they're, they're <laughs> the, uh, they're like the cleaner fish or what, what are those? The sucker fish that just clean the, t- the bottom of the tank for you. Right. Yeah. The haters, those are the haters. Yeah. Huh? Hey, man, keeps, keeps, <laughs> keeps it interesting. Exactly. Feeds, it feeds the fire. Right. So, Jeremy, we, we appreciate you taking the time, man, to join us today. Um, we look forward to having the potential to talk more often once uh, Absolutely. back and uh, discuss soccer and, and life and see how things are, man. I would love it anytime, man. Thanks again for having me. All right. We appreciate it and have a good rest of the day, dude. Yes, sir. You guys take care. All right. Thank you, too. Today's guest was brought to you by the Makuni Dreamline. Makuni is offering $15 off your order of a platter and has made it easy with the Makuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, stay in your car when you arrive, and they'll deliver your meal to you in your car. Visit them today at makunisushi.com or download their app available in the App Store or Google Play. If you're on social media, you can follow us on all major social media platforms. On Facebook, you can find us under our Facebook page, Sacktown FC podcast. You can also join our Facebook group called Sacramento Soccer Fans. Uh, we all share anything going on in the soccer world, also things going on in the community. So, welcome you to check that out and see what what's going on in the community. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Both of them on as at Sacktown FC, and you can also. On top of our social media, don't forget about the California Storm, our fabulous partners. They can be found online at calstormsoccer.com, Twitter and Instagram at calstormsoccer, and then on Facebook as well at the California Storm. So check them out today to stay up to date with their season and everything the California Storm has going on. Luis, we're also on Twitch now, right? Yeah, you can find us under Twitch, under uh, Sacktown FC. You can also um, add us on Xbox and PlayStation. Our gamer tag on Xbox is Sacktown FC. On PlayStation, it's Sacktown underscore FC. Xbox is managed by me and PlayStation managed by John. We tend to typically play FIFA 20. I have been playing Fortnite as much as I can't believe I'm saying this right now. <laughs> so if you guys play FIFA 20 or Fortnite on Xbox, then send me a message. Send us a message on our social media. If you play FIFA on PlayStation, send a message here to John or again to our social media. And, you know, we will gladly accept your challenge. We just, as usual, ask that you do not rage quit. If you rage quit, we will be mentioning your gamer tag in a future pod. So, yeah, please don't do that or you will be mentioned. You can also find us on our website, sacktownfc.com, where you can find all of our episodes. You can find our Sacktown Emekis episodes which is our Liga MX series you can also find 
out more about the soccer pools, which is a set section where he writes about all things soccer related, anything going on in the soccer world. He'll be um, putting an editorial piece on there. You can also check out more information about the squadron, which is our form of supporters group. So you can get tons of different perks if you join our supporters group. So we invite you all to check that out and ask us any questions if you have any questions about that supporters group. You can also contact us on the website. Ask us any question. If you have a comment, if you have feedback for us on the show, please fill out the form and we will be responding to you uh, as soon as we can. So please let us know anything and you know we we will gladly accept any feedback, whether it's good or bad. Uh, anything really helps us grow our show day by day. That's all we have for today's episode. A special thanks to Jeremy Hall of Toronto FC for taking the time to join us and to you for taking the time to listen. And remember to always leave us a positive comment or even a rating. And if you don't like it, send Luis an email. Until next time, everybody. Cheers and have a good rest of the day. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day.